you'll get your Bibles out and get your, your notebooks out and get ready to write some things down. Uh, we want to continue in a series of messages that we've been doing all month and, and really finish up today in this series that we have entitled Marriage Matters. Does marriage matter? Praise God. Everybody ready for some good stuff? Of course, Amy's back on the platform to balance me out. <laughs> in case I have a down day, she'll make up for it and say it in a better way. Keeps me from telling jokes that are borderline. No, but uh, we, we've been sharing over the last few weeks. Let me just re- uh, do a, a brief recap um, the first week we talked to you about commitment as the foundation of a long, healthy uh, relationship and marriage. Uh, we talked about the phrase, for as long as we both shall live. And then week two, we went into the, 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 the item of cooperation, or I like to say sometimes cooperation. It is, it is teamwork. It's working together as a team. And then last week we were speaking about communication. And how many know communication is a biggie? Huh? Husbands and wives need to know how to talk to each other. And they need to talk to each other. <laughs> and they need to know how to talk to each other. Yeah. And, uh, and so we were talking about understanding. And then today we want to give you another C. Anybody wondering? I've been trying to figure it out already. What else starts with C? If you get it right, you win a a prize, a cup. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> coffee cup. You get extra points if you have two coffee and cup. Oh yes. But it's not. It's the not double that. Double C. All right. Today we want to share with you what I what we like to call common sense. Okay, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a smorgasbord. We're kind of hitting a bunch of different practical topics, and I found that common sense, as you probably have as well, is is not as common as it ought to be. <laughs> but these are some things we just have kind of picked up along the way. We uh, have recognized of that that are of great value in our own lives. We've seen them used in the opposite way to to others' uh, detriment. And so we want to share these things with you today. I don't know if you've ever had one of those, oh, duh, moments in your life where you did something and afterward you thought, I can't believe I did that. You know, it's like, how, how lame can I be? <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it's where one of those uh, obvious things at the moment in your life you became oblivious to. And then once the dust settled, you thought, I can't believe I didn't see that. It just seems so obvious. I think a lot of these things are that way. But again, in the, in the complexity of life, sometimes we just miss it. We just miss some of these areas. And, and so I want to uh, deal with some of them now. Uh, I like the scripture that Paul, uh, uh, that Paul wrote to the Corinthians when he said, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Mm-hmm. All right, sometimes I kind of re- say that in my own paraphrase. You know, all things are lawful, but some things are just stupid, you know? Yeah, anyway, uh, that's why I call this common sense avoiding dumb, all right? So if you want the official title, that would be it, all right? <laughs> so the way we put this together is uh, I basically uh, said to Amy, you know, when we 
knew we were going to talk about common sense items. I said, you put together your list. I'll put together mine. We'll do it separate. And then we'll just kind of go back and forth and, and, and share uh, the things that kind of stood out most to us when considering this particular topic. And so we didn't collaborate other than, of course, we know what each other's points are. But you'll, we're doing it from that perspective. So I want to start off. Ready? Number one, my first common sense issue is this. Maintain a proper distance from parents and in-laws. We got the same response. Yeah, it's amazing. First service <laughs> roared over that one. I thought, oh, there have been some pain. <laughs> there have been some missteps. But it's, it's, it's very known by a lot of people that there's a lot of... Um, trouble that can happen when people don't maintain the proper balance in that relationship with their parents and with their in-laws. And the scripture that is, uh, speaks right to that is in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. It reads, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. All right. Now, I looked up that word leave in the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the Aramaic, and, uh, and you know what it means? It means leave. <laughs> yeah. So, in case you want to write that down. Leave means leave. In other words, a couple need to establish their own home, their own life, their own way of doing things, their own traditions. And sometimes when a couple doesn't leave properly father and mother, um, what happens is father and mother want to still treat them like they're the boss. But that's not supposed to be the, the basis of a, a husband and wife relationship. They're their own boss now, other than Jesus, of course, you know. But they're, they're, they're making their own decision. If someone else is trying to influence them constantly about decisions they make and disapproving over this and that, uh, that's a hindrance to God's design of, of, of the relationship. And so uh, leaving is very, very important. I know sometimes young couples won't leave right away because they don't have the money. So they'll, they'll stay and live with one of their parents. Um, I would just say this. If a couple doesn't have enough money to live on their own, they don't have enough money to get married. All right? They should not get married. They should wait. Because, I mean, no, it takes money to live. And, uh, and, and th th this is one of those factors. They don't have the resources. They need to wait until they do have the resources. You know, you do remember that God gave, God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. Yeah, some of those things kind of go together. And, uh, you know, we, uh, on the other side of, of this, I know that parents need to watch out that they don't insert themselves too much into their married children's lives. And sometimes what you'll, what you'll find is, is not only that influence uh, that's not asked for but forced upon... But, you know, if a husband and wife are having marital issues and they're fighting, you, how many know their parents ought not let them come home, quote, home, their old home? You know, we've known, there was a young couple in our church, and uh, she was quite a bit younger even than, than her husband was. Uh, but they were, you know, they were young, and they were just having some issues. I think she was feeling a little 
homesick possibly but her parents lived halfway across the country and she would just uh, you know pick up and leave and go home and stay home meaning her old home and stay there for lengthy periods of time and you know her, her parents should not have let her do that she would be gone too long and and uh, you know what happened to that relationship is they ended up getting a divorce and they were doing something that's very practical very clear in scripture very real they just were not handling that situation correctly they needed to leave they just needed to leave am I talking about breaking off relationship no hopefully relationships between the generations can last uh, your entire life and there can can be much wisdom given from parents to their kids I know that's the case here uh, with my kids when, when, when they get married there will be wisdom <laughs> but how many I know I also have to recognize that when once uh, once I do happens they have to ask for it they need to show honor to their parents but they're no longer they will no longer be doing what I say and so they have to ask for that 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 and, and when that relationship gets out of bounds it can set a lot of people up for, for 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 difficult difficult times and so you know when parents provide either housing or finances that kind of thing how many know sometimes finances come with strings attached and it's very very much more important for a couple to establish their own life and be making their own decisions than to have an abundance of resources some things trump the other amen all right, so that's, that's my first point, proper distance from parents. Okay, well, my first point is don't belittle or talk down to or about your spouse. And um, we've seen countless times where we've been with people and they, one spouse will be, you know, talking down to the other. We've, I've heard a man call his wife stupid before. Um, we've, we've, we actually had some friends who when he would talk, she would roll her eyes. And wow. if your um, spouse is that stupid, well, you married him. So what does that mean for you? <laughs> so, I mean, it's really it, to our benefit to make them look good, not to make them look dumb. So, um, you know, uh, we've been in situations where a spouse felt like they needed to interrupt the conversation and correct their, their significant other, whatever their, their spouse. I'm trying not to use spouse too many times. I don't pass speech class right now. Anyway, um, interrupt to correct and um, call them down right in the middle of it. Yeah, you're yeah. telling that wrong. Yep. It's like, and wow. so, um, you know, again, we we've mentioned this numerous times that you win when they win. So it's to your advantage to make your spouse look good, not to look bad. And I know sometimes this happens, um, maybe with if uh, one of the persons is insecure they try to make the other one look bad because it makes them look better they think but how many of you have seen that you've seen that happen it doesn't make the person look good it makes them look worse and so to belittle or talk down to is not a smart or wise thing to do in your marriage ephesians 4:29 from the amplified says let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. 
And so when we're speaking kind words and beneficial words, it doesn't just help us. It helps people that hear it. It helps our spouse. And so in wisdom, we should talk them up, not talk them down. Amen. Amen. All right. Here's another common sense issue. This might seem too simple for you today, but pay attention now. Ready? Spend time together. All right? Spend time together. You know, the reason uh, many people are, are married is because they were attracted to each other at one point. They started getting to, uh, getting to know each other, and they started spending enormous amounts of time together. I mean, they spent every waking moment, they had the opportunity together, talking, being together, and conversation was rich and long and enjoyable, and it got so bad, <laughs> it got so strong, bad's not the right word, but, uh, that they, in the midst of spending so much time together, you know what they decided? Let's make this permanent. Let's covenant together. Let's, let's establish a relationship that will be for the rest of our lives. We so enjoy being together, we want to marry. But then what often happens? They get married, and life gets busy, and careers go different directions, and children come along, and all kinds of other factors, and the very thing that made their relationship thrive in the beginning days is now absent. Okay? I would really encourage you to, uh, husbands and wives, if you, if you both are working full-time jobs, avoid at all costs, at almost all costs, don't kill anyone, but, you know, <laughs> avoid having opposite schedules. And I hear, it, I hear it somewhat regularly. Well, my husband works all night, and then I work all day. We kind of pass each other in between. You cannot do that very long. That is going to end up hurting your relationship. You must spend time together. You must have quality and quantity of time spent with one another. And so, uh, again, some of the traps are working too much. Sometimes it's, you know, scheduling and that, that, that type of thing. One of, the, one of the things we've done really from the beginning of our, of our marriage is we've always gone out on dates. Almost every week for the last 50 years. And, and uh, no, no, no. We look great. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. <laughs> uh, 20, 21 years. 21 uh, years. Almost, I mean, almost every week. There are times it gets disrupted and schedules and that kind of stuff. But throughout the years, we continue to spend time together with no one else. Most of the time. Sometimes there's other folks there as well. But we leave the kids for many years you know, we're forking out babysitter money, and, uh, and it, you know, it cost, and we needed the money, and we spent it anyway because we valued that regular time where we get everybody else away, and we just enjoy. We just enjoy each other, just spend time, okay? We've had a lot, a lot of couples over the years tell us when they find out that we kind of have made that habit, they've said, yeah, we should do that too. That's a good idea, but you know, very few of them actually do it. Very few of them make it a habit. Sometimes they'll go out once every few months. And uh, I just don't think, this is my recommendation, I don't think that's enough. I think you need to do things, uh, do, do things regularly. And so, uh, you know, if you're one that 
since you've gotten married, you still hang out with all your friends all the time. Uh, you're married now. <laughs> don't act like a single person. Okay? I don't mean you have to cut off all relationships from your single life, but you don't go hang out with them on a, on, you just on a regular basis, just all the time. I'm going out with my friends. The girls are going out. The guys are going out. And that should be very rare. It, it, it really should. Who should you be going out with? Your wife, man. Go out with your husband, ladies. If you want to get together with other friends, go for it. Do that. But spend time together. Well, mine is a piggyback on that one, and it's invest in the relationship. And, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time and invest in one another. We, you know, do things for them. We all this stuff before we get married, like he was saying, spending time together. And then after, it's like, okay, we're married now. I guess we're good. And we just kind of stop um, investing in that relationship. And uh, the illustration that I thought of was a house, like many times we'll buy a house, never intending to live there for the rest of our lives. But yet you mow the lawn every week. You paint the exterior every few years. You update the carpet when it needs it. You put new wallpaper. You replace the dishwasher. You know, we do all of these maintenance things to our homes and our cars or vehicles or whatever things that you have to maintain on a continual basis. But we never invest another thing into our marriage after we get married. And so practically speaking, some of the things that we've done over the years is maybe we'll decide to read a book together, a marriage book or um in addition to dating, often we'll go on a vacation, just the two of us. Um, if we do it in the car, sometimes we'll listen to a teaching, like on marriage, or we'll go to a marriage conference or something like that. So just doing things on purpose to add value to our relationship and not just expecting that it's just going to work out in the end and, well, it is what it is and whatever. Got to pull the weeds, huh? Yes, you do. I like to send Amy to a conference as much as I can. And... <laughs> I'm a really good wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready for number? This is my number three. All right, ready? Here it goes. Uh, number three, take care of your body. I'm just pausing to let that sink in for a moment because I know I might get je jeering looks. But uh, <laughs> marriage is not just about uh, spiritual stuff. Marriage is not just about uh, emotional things. It's not just about your mind. Marriage is also about your physical body. Everybody recognize that? You didn't just marry their spirit? Well, we have kindred spirits. <laughs> yeah, you need to have kindred bodies. Huh? Because a big part of the marriage relationship is physical. All right? Now, let me read this verse. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 4. It reads, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his, uh, his own body, but the wife does. And so what I'm talking about in this regard, um, some of it just boils down to taking care of yourself. All right. I mean, oftentimes you'll see what, what couples will do prior to marriage when they see each other or when they go out, uh, whatever they do, they fix themselves up. They get their hair fixed and they get their nice clothes on and, you know, he may even shave once in a while and, and, you know, and she's got the makeup on and everything. In other words, people are doing, they will often do whatever it takes to present themselves in the best way that they can. Why? 
Well, I'm doing it for them. I, I want them to be happy and pleased and so forth. But sometimes after marriage, that stuff just kind of goes downhill. And people don't, you know, you ever been to Walmart and seen people in their slippers? <laughs> and wearing the craziest stuff on the planet? And you think, wow, I hope you're single. <laughs> and by the way, you're staying that way. <laughs> You know, but we shouldn't do that to our, I mean, how many know, if you're married, you see each other at your very best and your very worst anyway. Do as much as you can to present yourself in the best way, as much as you can, you know, and don't wear that, that robe that you got passed down from Noah, and dress, you know, take care of yourself, even in the home, you can look nice. Hallelujah. The other side of that has to do with your physical, uh, you know, try, keeping yourself fit and doing stuff for your physical body. I know that's a lot of work, and I know people hate to hear that, uh, you, you know, if you struggle with that, but, you know, it's something you're doing as a gift to your spouse. If you married and you were a certain shape and size and everything else, and you were that way when you got married, I, okay, that, I think that's one thing. You married, that's what you wanted. But if you looked a certain way and you looked, you were fit and trim and all this kind of stuff and in shape when you got married, but then that just starts going south and you don't maintain that, I think you're doing a disservice to your spouse because that's not what they married. Everybody okay? Ushers, I need protection. (laughs) I'm not talking about, let me clarify, I'm not talking about living up to some ideal standard that's not real. Not talking about comparing your spouse to some picture in a magazine that's been photoshopped and everything else. Or No, I'm not talking about that. If you're looking at all kinds of stuff and lusting after other things, you're going to be warped in your mentality of what your spouse should be anyway. Okay? Not talking about, and I'm not saying people don't age. That happens. We all are aging. You know, I... Pregnancy and bearing children have an effect on a woman's body. Men should not be uh, unrealistic in that regard. Okay, you need to love her for bearing the children if, if it left scars or anything else. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm also not talking about being demanding. Demanding your spouse be a certain way or look a certain way. I'm talking about what you do with your own body as a gift to them. These things matter. Marriage is physical. Okay, I don't think it's a good idea if a spouse goes and changes their entire look without consent, without knowing what the other person wants. In other words, changing their hair and it's a major change and it's a new color and your spouse may not like that color. They may not like the way it is. They may want it longer or shorter or something else. Say, well, I'm doing this just for me. This is for me. Well, no, you're single then. You don't do things just for me. When you're married. You do things for the other person or for us. Well this is what I just needed to do this for me. Okay you're asking for it. Now, now watch. Other things. People go out. One spouse will go out. And, and, and they'll, they'll come back. Or they'll go on a little trip. And they'll come back with a big tattoo on their arm. Does your spouse like tattoos? Did you even ask them? You just come back and you permanently did that to your body for the rest of your life. And you never talk to them about it. How is that marriage? Now I realize if I say that, if you did that, it's undoable now. Unchangeable. Un- undoable. 
something. At least I can take that belly button ring out. <laughs> right. Did you? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's, you know, as, as well. Someone comes home and they got some spike through their nose. Now, listen, if you're single, yeah, I don't care what you do. You do whatever you want. If you're married, you don't do things like that without your spouse being involved. Because why? Your physical being is something that they have access to. You need to do what they want you to do. Hallelujah. If you're single and you want to do it all, you might be limiting your options, by the way. Might want to wait till you meet the person. Huh? Just, just thought, I don't care. Just use your brain. Hallelujah. <laughs> My next point is recognize the roles in marriage. And so many times we um, are getting our information. I've mentioned this seems like every week. We're getting information about marriage from the world, from the culture. And you are not the same as your spouse. You do not have the same function. You do not have the same roles. You were not created the same. And we all have a different, we all have a, a different role and a different function to perform in marriage. So because of that, I'm going to enlighten you to some differences between men and women. A man, oh, let me see. Okay, yes. A man has six items in his bathroom. Toothbrush, toothpaste, razor, shampoo, soap, and a towel. The average number of items in the typical woman's bathroom is 337. <laughs> a man would not be able to identify more than 20 of these. At the restaurant, when the bill arrives, Mike, Dave, and John will each throw in 20 bucks, even though it's only 3250. None of them will have anything smaller, and none will actually admit that they want change back. When the girls get their bill, out comes the pocket calculators. And my favorite, a man will pay $2 for a $1 item because he needs it. A woman will pay $1 for a $2 item that she doesn't need because it was on sale. <laughs> I, I liken this to, I like to work puzzles, so I liken this to a puzzle. If I um, opened a puzzle and I didn't look at the picture on the box, I just threw that aside, and I'm looking at all the pieces, and I'm, I'm not really quite sure. So I start asking around, hey, do you, do you know how to work this puzzle? So I get everybody's input. And then I Google it. How do I work this puzzle? And I read all the articles on Google. And then I, um, on the Internet, Google doesn't probably actually have articles on that. But anyway, and then I go to the library, and I maybe check out a couple books by the expert puzzle workers to try and figure out how to work this puzzle. And the conclusion that I come to is that I'm supposed to face the straight edges toward the center and work outward. Well, I'm either going to end up with a puzzle that looks very strange. I might get some semblance of order, but it's never going to fit together correctly. Or I'm going to become very frustrated and just give up. When in reality, all I really needed to do the whole time was look at the picture. And so what is happening, especially now, as, as we progress closer and closer to the end times that we're actually in, but um, we're getting more and more information from society about marital roles, and really all we ever needed to do was look at the picture. And uh, we, we were created to 
complement each other, yeah. to to work together, and to um, you know we have different different places. That doesn't mean one person is less than another person or one person is better than another person. It's just that that's the way the puzzle works. It's the way it fits together. And so we've already encouraged you to look at Ephesians 5, but another place that you can look is Titus 2. There's just many examples in the scripture of, of a, a husband's role and a wife's role. And, um, and we don't have to constantly be warring and fighting against something just because we, don't, we, we asked all the experts and that's not the way they think it should be done. If we go to the creator, the one who made us, to work and to function in a certain way, and we, we accept and embrace the way that we were created and walk in our calling and our, our, um, our role, we'll be more fulfilled. Amen. Amen. All right, here's my, here's my last point of the day. Are you ready for it? This might seem overly simple, and I'm preaching to the choir a little bit because you're here, but I've got to tell you anyway. Ready? Go to church together. All right, this seems like common sense for believers anyway. Christians, go to church. How? Together. Together. There should be certain things that couples do habitually. number of things that would be very helpful. This is one of them, is that they go to church together. Okay? It's a fact. If you will grow closer to Jesus, your walk with God and your spouse will also grow closer to the Lord Jesus, you will be closer to each other. It's one of the best, if not the single best advice someone could ever have, is get close to God. If two people, you've seen that, you know, the triangle uh, diagram, if two people will get closer to the Lord individually, most of their problems will go away. They will. It's not about agreeing with each other. It's about agreeing with him. And then you automatically agree with, with each other. It is about going together. You know, uh, Mac down here often will ask groups uh, if they know individuals who used to attend church regularly, be a part of a church, but no longer do. They, for whatever reason, they stopped going. And usually everyone will say, yeah, I know someone like that. And he'll ask them, are they better off now? Are they doing better than they used to be? And unanimously, it's always, no, actually they're not. They're not doing better. They're, worse, they're, they're doing worse than they used to be. Isn't that kind of common sense? But sometimes I think we miss that right in the middle of it. God designed this and these type of gatherings and this relationship for a reason. It wasn't just so we would be in compliance to his laws. His, we're under grace, man. He does it because it works. It produces good things in our lives. It produces good things in, 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 a, in a marriage re- relationship. Okay? And, uh, you know, why do so many people, I've seen this happen a number of times, why do individuals, when they're having struggles at home in the marriage, why do they go, why do they go to church less frequently? I see that happening all the time. I see it happening now. But over and over I see that. And the very thing that has the ability to pump good stuff into them, they're removing that from their life. They're in trouble. And often that precedes things really blowing up. 
So, uh, you know, we could go through all the scriptures about going to church, but I'm not going to do that today. Uh, but I think it's very, very important for husbands and wives to go to church together. You know, sometimes people ask, well, where, what if we can't agree on which one to go to? Well, then you just come here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's a real issue sometimes. Uh, um, ideal situation is a husband and wife do agree. If you can get to that, we both prayed, we both are led. This is the place we're going to plant. We're going to stay there till Jesus comes back. Okay? Uh, that's ideal. What if you can't? You know? Uh, I would encourage the wives to follow their husband. If he, uh, you know, if he prays, if, if he doesn't, well, hopefully you'll, he will start. But prays and finds out and gets and follow him there. Say, so what if it's a dead church? Um, I think there's different levels of deadness. If it's if it's a cult, you just you don't. I can't I can't say go there. If it's just not exactly what you want, you know, you make concessions for that. I've had a, you know, I can remember one woman coming to me from our church and her husband didn't come along, didn't come to church and didn't want to. And she said, you know, I'm here. I'm plugged in. I want to give. I want to tithe. And I want to do this stuff. My husband doesn't want me to. What should I do? I said, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I don't mean that's the end of the discussion. There's prayer. There's some other things I could say. But you need to honor that. You need to honor that in him because in the process of him coming to Jesus, uh, you don't want to make him hate us because we have his money. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. There, there's, there, there's wisdom in, in, in dealing with some of, some of these things. Say, what if my hus- husband or what if my wife won't go to church at all? Well, you go anyway. That person is not your Lord. He didn't die on the cross for you. And uh, you, you, you go anyway. And you, you serve the Lord. And that would be important. You know, I, I know that some families, some parents have struggles with getting their kids to go to church. And can I tell you, I can't relate to that. And I can't relate to our kids ever not wanting to go to church. And uh, one of the reasons, biggest reasons why we've never had an issue with them going many times per week is because we don't, it's never a discussion. I know we're in ministry and you could exclude us from this, but this is who we are as people. Who we are, we were before we were married, who we are now. It's just priority. It's just what we do. It's normal. It's like eating. It's like sleeping. It's getting together with the family, with the body of Christ. And so those questions don't even exist. If they ever came up, I would laugh. So that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. If they said... I don't want to go to church. I'd say, get in the car before I kill you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, kill you in a nice way. <laughs> I'm just saying, there can be... Now, if you, weren't, if you haven't been a Christian for very long and you haven't had that pattern, I know that makes some... It's, there's some more difficult things there to establish. But I tell you, wherever you are, you can establish a norm. This is just the way we are. This is just the way we think. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. And we're never going to discuss that. Right. We're never, right. It's never going to be maybe. It's just, no, that's who we are. It's what we do, period. Hallelujah. Let's go to church. Amen. All right, you go. All right, my final point is your spouse is not your fulfillment or they are not responsible for your happiness. 
He is not my Lord and Savior. He, there's only one person on the throne of my life. That is Jesus Christ. And if I'm unhappy or unfulfilled, whose fault is it? Mine. It's because I'm meditating on the wrong things. It's because I'm thinking about the wrong things. I'm focusing on negative circumstances. I'm looking at circumstances instead of at Jesus. And uh, anytime we set someone up to be that in our life, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment because people are people. They are not perfect. And as much as you love and care about your spouse, they will not fulfill you. Your source of fulfillment should come from Jesus Christ alone. And when you are a strong, healthy Christian that's seeking after God, you make a strong, healthy spouse. And so, you know, two sick people coming into a relationship does not make one healthy person. And so we need to be responsible for our own happiness and our own fulfillment, which which comes through spending time with the Lord. I, I like what Paul said. He, you know, he went through quite a bit, and he said that he learned to be content in every circumstance. And the secret was this. He said, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. What's that verse? That's from Philippians 4.12. Amplified, yeah. Amplified. Oh, actually, that was 13 from the Amplified. So our, our fulfillment, our strength, our happiness, it comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from our spouse. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, God is good. You know, there's so many things we could talk about, but we've, we felt like these were the things we should talk about right now during this month. And, uh, and, and I trust it's been beneficial and you get, give you some things to think about and work through and pray on and, and, and act on in your in your in your relationships. Let me pray for you now. Father in Jesus name.